The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to episode 8 of the Mr. Nelson Show. This Veterans Day, comedian Ari Shavir sent out a little tweet to commemorate the day. Yes, yes, it read as follows. Happy Retired Train Killer Day. Yeah, I mean, immediately you get the idea. Not a fan of the military, no. However, the statement is pretty much factual because, yes, they are trained killers because that's what a military is, Ari. You know, when we have enemies who want to kill you and me and everybody else and do all kind of nasty stuff, you're going to need an army of your own to make sure they don't do that. And the way they make sure they don't do that is by killing them first. Yeah, well, maybe he'll figure that out one day. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, uh, so yeah, he put that out there. And then uh, this guy named Andrew Ryan uh, responded. He said, uh, irony, being able to talk shit on veterans thanks to the actions of veterans. You have the right to be soft thanks to them. Well, Ari responded. Only the ones who served before 1945, and only some of those. The rest did other stuff, but didn't help with that right at all. You, you see what kind of stupid we're dealing with here. Uh, so then Andrew responded again. Soldiers today are there for the opportunity to serve as those in your pre-1945 world. What they actually do isn't up to them. And so Ari responds. True, but what are they serving? Corporations? Oil interests? So don't sign up if you want my respect. (laughs) And what's that worth? (laughs) You asshole. (laughs) So, So anyway... So uh, so here uh, here he steps into uh, well, he's really mad at corporations because they're just pawns of the evil corporate capitalist uh, you know uh, villains out there and that's all it was ever about and everything you know uh, it, it, it's never the jihad's uh, fault no 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 it's all manipulated by Halliburton or what have you and uh, well he didn't spell that out in his uh, initial tweet you know and he, he at one point he blamed it well you know you can't it's hard to fit that in on twitter no no you can, in fact he retweeted some other guy who was a lesser known comedian who said similar things so like you're not a hero you didn't fight for my rights hashtag Halliburton. so there you go he got his point he doesn't like the military because he just saw them as nothing but tools of uh you know Halliburton and you know, Iraq war was all for Halliburton so they could get a military contract to uh provide trucks to carry uh food and supplies to the military and also provide catering services <laughs> that was apparently the point of the war <laughs> or our our oil which uh what is it it's been 14 years now uh, i'm still waiting on that iraqi oil that we were going to steal yeah still waiting on that didn't get it anyway so yeah so he threw that in there to kind of bolster what he's saying 
but he didn't really spell that out. If you accept his argument, which I don't, but he, but even so, because no one's really going to really bat an eye if you, if you say the corporations are shit, you know. But that's not what he said. So I got into this. <laughs> Well, maybe I shouldn't have, but I did. Um, and to Ari, I said, you didn't shit on corporations. You shit on veterans. <laughs> so let's see. Let me get it down here. Um, his response was, I'll shit on corporations on big business day. <laughs> so I, He's mad that there's a holiday at all, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, but there again, he's saying, right, he's admitting right there that, you know, it, the, the corporations wasn't the point. He just doesn't like soldiers. And he can't stand anybody giving them any kind of praise or respect or any kind of celebration. Uh, so anyway, I responded to that. Uh, Horseshit. You tried to soften your remark with, I'm mad at corporations crap. It didn't work. And he, I don't have it recorded here. He deleted this whole conversation. I managed to screen cap it because I thought, yeah, I might want to talk about this on the uh, Nelson show. And, but I didn't get all of it. Just, damn it. I didn't know he was going to delete the whole damn thing. You fucking coward. <laughs> but he did. And uh, I had responded. No, he responded to that one, I believe. That's a paraphrase. Uh, you know, I don't soften my remarks on anything, you know, because, you know, because he's proud of everything he says, you know, he's not afraid or whatever. Well, then why'd you delete it? But anyway, um, so I can't remember exactly what the conversation went there. The only other stuff I have left here is he said at one point, uh, if you want to celebrate the tools of killing an entire wedding party in Yemen, you go ahead. I'm not that keen on it. So so here we go. He, he's upset about this bombing that happened in Yemen where uh, some innocent people in a wedding party apparently you know, where it kills kind of like in Homeland. Remember that? Yeah. Same thing. So, so this justifies all his hatred it, the entire military, every soldier, every veteran after 1945, uh, they're all, you know, Nazis and what have you. So anyway, I responded to that because in the context of, of war and understanding that, yes, there's going to be innocent people getting killed. Uh, the difference between us and them is that we don't intentionally do that. You know, when, when Al Qaeda or ISIS or whoever kills a baby, it's because they wanted to kill that baby. They wanted to do that. They chopped those heads off of innocent people for the shock and horror it does because they think that'll, you know, scare the enemy in submission. And to some extent, <laughs> I guess it works. But um, it's not analogous to the military operations because we don't go around, hey, you know, how many how many little Arab kill, kids can we kill, huh? <laughs> you know, I mean, what really happens is some of our troops get, it, uh, get penalized and punished for... Uh, roughing up a guy who was fucking little boys, you know? And what did the leadership do? Oh, well, they drummed him out of the service. They demoted him, you know, all this kind of shit. So, you know, why don't you complain about that? But you know, he doesn't even know. But uh, so anyway, my response to his the Yemen killing first response was, you're right. We should ignore ISIS like we ignored Al-Qaeda in the 90s. That worked out well. Well, of course. See, if, if we do nothing, which apparently is what he wants. Uh, it'll just go away, right? No. You know, it's like that old saying, if someone says I'm going to kill you, I want to kill you, believe him. You know? Well, what's hard to understand about that? 
So anyway, so he didn't like that response, apparently, because he said, but your response to killing an entire wedding party was what? Okay, let's take your logic. You said, my response was, you said pre-1945 veterans are heroes. Your response to Japan is what? All right, so you see, uh, if you're going to do that, then I guess we shouldn't have done Japan. And not just the atomic bombings, the fire bombings of Tokyo, which killed more people. Uh, all that stuff. And then Dresden and Europe and what have you, all this stuff. Uh, this is what war is. This is how it goes. You, you, you keep attacking your enemy until he surrenders. Look, if ISIS surrenders, hey, I'm willing to accept that. I'm willing to listen. They're not surrendering. So anyway, uh, apparently that went in one ear and out the other. So his response is, you're still ignoring the wedding party, but I don't think we should have bombed a country after they surrendered. No. So here again, another, he exposes his idiocy, which might be more, maybe he figured that out and why he deleted this conversation. But uh, Japan surrendered after we bombed them. <laughs> they didn't surrender. And then we say, hey, you know what? Just for good measure, let's nuke them. Yeah. You know, for fun. Is that what he thinks? I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's just, man, not enough space on Twitter. No, look, there's enough sentences there to make a point that you don't have to make a stupid blunder like that. But he did. So I have to assume he thinks Japan surrendered and then we nuked them. I, what do you do? I don't know. So I said, I'm not ignoring it. I don't accept the premise that we bomb wedding parties because we don't like wedding parties. And his response to that was, I don't know. Yeah, I just saw the parade of trained killers they used. It made me feel terrible forever, for every celebrating that. Well, I guess he misspelled that. But anyway, forever celebrating that, I guess. Uh, so I don't know what what a response to that is, how that fits with what I said. But see, he, his premise is completely ridiculous. I mean, because like I said, it's not intentional when... Uh, military or u.s military actions result in innocent death um and they go through great pains to try to avoid it in fact to their detriment i mean we can go back to the iraq war where there was marines who died because they weren't allowed to return fire the reason they couldn't return fire was because the jihadis were using a mosque as a fort see that was one of the stupid pussy laws we put on them these rules of engagement which were absurd Say you can't ever fire on a mosque. You can't. You can't. Don't. It's 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 offensive. I mean, they're worrying about that shit. So it, it doesn't take the enemy long to figure out. Hey, if we do this, they can't shoot at us. <laughs> you know. And so so yeah. So well, when this kind of shit comes along, and this idiot doesn't understand it. It's enraging because he doesn't know that. And even if you pointed it out to him, he's not going to give a shit because uh, he's just he's hung up on this and. For whatever reason, he's got a bone up his ass about the military. You know, he just doesn't like it. And he doesn't like the people who are pro-military, I guess. Uh, who knows? I don't care. It's just a stupid thing. And his argument is revealed here. He doesn't have one. And he doesn't know what he's talking about. Same old claptrap of uh, conspiracy theories and whatnot about the, we created uh, Al-Qaeda and, and ISIS and all that. No, we didn't. The whole Al Qaeda and ISIS are not new. They're not these brand new things. And ISIS is Al Qaeda. They were the same group. They broke away because ISIS decided we should make the caliphate, and Al Qaeda had another direction of what they want to know. We got to keep hitting the U.S. and get them out of the region and all that stuff. And they said, no, we got to go ahead and take some of these governments. And that's they split on that. 
you know. And uh, so, but they all come from the same sort. You can go back to the original establishment of the Muslim Brotherhood in the 1920s. And why did that happen? Well, because the the past caliphate that they had was the Ottoman Empire. And after the end of World War One, it collapsed. It was over. And then the British took over most of that territory. And that pissed them off. Okay? So they've been pissed off about it ever since. Tough shit. And none of those countries are British ruled now. You know? <laughs> There's, you know? So the idea that any involvement is if, oh, that's why there's ISIS and Al-Qaeda, because we created them. Oh, we created Al-Qaeda because we uh, supplied weapons to the Mujahideen, as they called themselves. Uh, and that's just the fighters who were fighting for the cause of Islam against the Soviets, who, you know, were communist and atheist and all that, so they weren't going to stand for that. And they had they invaded Afghanistan and took them over. So they, they rebelled, and we helped them, partly because we wanted to get revenge against the Soviets for what they did to us in Vietnam which was the same thing. They were supplying all the weapons and intelligence and what have you uh, to fight us in that war and then laughing at us <laughs> as we suffered. So, hey, <laughs> turnabout's fair play. So we did it to them. Of course, with a communist economy and a socialist economy, uh, they collapsed. <laughs> so they had to pull out, and it was pretty bad for the Soviets. Uh, the main leader, the real leader of the Afghan rebel uh, war effort against the Soviets was a man named General Massoud. He was the guy we dealt with, not bin Laden. Most of that shit is bin Laden's little Robin Hood view of himself, his little myth that he created, and we're supposed to accept that? No, I don't have to accept any of that. So uh, Massoud was the guy we dealt with. In fact, uh, that's why bin Laden killed Massoud two days before 9-11, <laughs> because he was our go-to guy. In fact, uh, Massoud had several opportunities to kill bin Laden, which is what we were supposed to want in the 90s, but he was stopped by our political leadership who were worried about how it would look and it wouldn't be nice and whatever else, you know, that whole shit. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's the deal with uh, Afghanistan there. We did not create al-Qaeda. In our modern time of, of, of the terrorist forces of the jihad, like I said, it's the end of the Ottoman Empire. There's your creation of all these shitholes who want a Muslim world at the point of a gun. So, again, doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, the Stinger weapons that we gave to them to take down the Soviets, that was a big fear because they weren't recollected. So he's like, ah, oh, shit, that stuff could still be there. And they could downplay our airplanes with that. Well, they haven't yet. So, uh... There's the recent airplane that uh, the the Russian airplane that was taken down. Looks like it was a bomb. So still, yeah. Besides, uh, it's thirty years ago. Would those things still be operational without the proper maintenance and what have you? Because these <laughs> guys in the mountains and deserts, uh, I don't know if they had that skill. And like I said, why aren't they using it? So, um, calling horseshit on that. The big weapon supplier to the third world and all these groups is Russia. You know the Kalashnikov? There's a reason why that gun's called a Kalashnikov. It's Russian. So, yeah, we created them. Uh, no. That's lazy and stupid, and you're just regurgitating things, and you don't think it through. So, anyway, back to Ari Shafir. Uh, I liked Ari Shafir. He's a funny guy. Uh, 
you know, when Howard Stern was shitting on him about in podcasts in general, that was pretty funny his response. And uh, it was stupid of Howard. You know, I don't know what his it's Howard, and uh, and then the uh, the uh, grossly obese woman uh, with one arm who uh, was mad at him because he made fun of her. And I got I don't know what the deal. I got in an argument over something, and he shit on her at one of his sets or something like that. And then she tried to put him in PC jail. Yeah, you know, I'm taking Ari's side on that one. So, but but this, <laughs> and I mean, is is he trying to be funny? What's the joke? There isn't one. I mean, he, he's serious. I mean, he kind of realized at some part of the weaknesses of his argument, apparently, I think, because why else to delete all that? But he didn't delete the initial statement. That's still there as far as I know. I haven't looked back. I mean, you know, so I unfollowed him. <laughs> but I'm not going to block him. I don't think I'm not one of these people who thinks he needs to be fired from what I don't what or from gigs or what have you or. Uh, be boycotted or any of that shit marketplace d- decides that so if like if this kind of statement you were going to go to an Ari Shafir show and you're like huh I don't like that shit well that I can understand but you know if he had some like radio gig or something like that or our TV show in the works that that should be scrapped you know that kind of thing just on that alone no but I mean uh I don't have any problem with someone challenging him on it and arguing with him and if he's on a guest on a show and someone brings it up Hey, more power to you. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's the end of it. But, uh, but he does have every right to say it. That's that. But, uh, it's just another one of these examples of a guy who's got some great talent in a certain field, but then he's a complete blithering idiot and everything else. And, uh, this is just another example of that, you know? (laughs) So that's that for Ari Shafir. Yeah, so I'll take a little break. I'll give you some little messages, and then we'll come back with the news. Yes, stick around. More Mr. Nelson coming your way. The Bob Levy Show supports Warrior Point. Warrior Point, Inc. was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you're still serving. At Warrior Point, you can join the brotherhood of your fellow veterans and buttress one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our nation. You can follow Warrior Point on Twitter at Warrior Point, like them on Facebook, and go to their site warriorpoint.org, and all of these links can be found at revboblevy.com. good-looking girls in this audience now. I got a fucking log in my underwear. That's right, I had a wooden cock. I was circumcised with a pencil sharpener. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There you can order Otto and George's new DVD slash CD in concert. And you can get his new t-shirt. Or anything Otto and George can be found at autoandgeorge.com Alright now, it's time for Gator Talk. I'm Jacques Boudreau, and my guest tonight is Gumbo Gator. Gumbo, I understand you have a problem with some radio personality or comedian or some such. 
Yes, this bastard goes by the name of Reverend Bob Leary. He's constantly going on about how he hates my people. Now, come on now, Gumbo. What makes you think this man hates you so much? He just got to listen to his show or read his tweets on his Twitter account. I mean, he just goes on and on about it sometimes. Uh, it's horrible. One of his followers, apparently some native guy here, Nelson or something like that, hey, he even admitted he ate some gator. I mean, goddamn, I mean, what the hell? That's murder. And Bob Levy's like, oh, that's great, boy. I like to hear that, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's a bigot against gators. Well, come on now. They're comedians. You can't take what they say seriously, you know. It's probably all just blowing smoke. Oh, hell, he's a big fan of Swamp Man and Duck Dynasty and all that kind of crap. Oh, I'm sick of those guys. Everybody went after Duck Dynasty over that gay thing. And look, I don't care what you put in your holes, but goddammit, nobody seems to give a damn about what these Louisiana people are doing to my kind. I mean, they're all up in an uproar over whether they can get a wedding cake or not. Well, they should be glad they're not on the platter, because that's where I end up. These people got gator skulls on their fence posts and whatnot. I mean, it's like a holocaust out here, and no one cares. Oh, now come on, Gumbo. Don't you feel any sense of pride that you help put food on the table and your hide ends up being used as luggage? No, no, I'm not proud of that at all. Well, there you have it, folks. That's all the time we got now for Gator Talk. Tune in next time when we discuss Gator Balls and how tasty they are. Hey, what, what the hell? Always remember, c'est bon temps roulé. Aye! And now it's time for the news and a little contest that I did on the Conti and Kinney show that I call That's the News, or is it? I've got six stories, three of which are true, three of which are not. These news stories are courtesy of HuffPo and The Onion. You'll have to figure it out which one's real and which one isn't. Somewhere at the end of this show, I'll give you the answers. But in the meantime, see if you can figure it out. Our first story takes us all the way to Kunduz, Afghanistan. Taliban leaders already know which westernized school's the first to go as soon as U.S. troops leave Afghanistan. Claiming that the recent extension of U.S. military presence in Afghanistan was only a minor setback, Taliban leader Mullah Akhtar Mansour confirmed Thursday that the Islamic fundamentalists already know which westernized schools will go first once American forces withdraw. We already have a short list of the most modern progressive schools to be burned to the ground day one. So we have to sit tight just a little longer, said Mullah Mansour, adding that the Taliban has for years been monitoring Afghan schools for Western texts, girls in the classroom, and any other blasphemous feature that suggests an educational approach outside the strictest form of fundamentalist Islam. Obviously, all the westernized schools are going to be shut down and destroyed eventually. But there are some obvious starting points. Mullah Mansour went on to say that if he was lucky, an errant U.S. drone strike might even take care of one or two schools for him. Oh, well, those guys know how to plan ahead. And then there's this. 
Man says buying Hot Pockets saved him from plane crash. Jason Bartley, 38, was running errands and was just about to head home to his Akron apartment at 2.45 p.m. on Tuesday. Bartley opted to make one last stop at the Dollar General to pick up a couple of Hot Pocket sandwiches. When he got home, his apartment building was in flames. A charter plane en route from Florida to Minnesota had crashed into Bartley's building at 2.53 p.m., completely destroying the structure and damaging a nearby house. This plane just dropped out of the sky, veered, and crashed into the apartment building, neighbor Roberta Porter said. All seven passengers and two crew members aboard the plane were killed. CNN reported. Bartley's apartment building, which contained four units, was completely empty at the time of the crash. If Bartley hadn't made his hot pocket detour, he said, there would have been one more fatality. Sometimes you get nauseous thinking about it, he told the Beacon Journal. It's still even hard to comprehend. And in the opinion of this journalist, I believe that nausea was due to his realization of how close to death he was, and not a reaction to the hot pocket. New study finds Box still world's most popular container. Noting its ability to enclose, protect, and transport a wide variety of objects, a University of Pennsylvania study published Monday confirmed that the box remains the world's most popular container. We found that when something needs to be stored or moved, be it tools, jewelry, pizza, even ballads, people tend to put their trust in a box, more often than, say, a bucket or satchel. Said the study's lead author, Susan Kimmis, who highlighted the rectangular container's stackability and closable top as the key assets that set them apart from bags. Whether the item or items to be stowed away are large, small, heavy, or light, there tends to be a box of appropriate dimensions and rigidity to adequately contain them. The same can't be said of baskets, jugs, or barrels. While later admitting that crates are the go-to container for shipping purposes, chemists emphasized that a crate could, in fact, be considered a type of box. I understand the box is also Bob Levy's favorite container for his personal manhood. Meanwhile, official who oversaw public toilet closures caught peeing in street. An elected official who announced funding cuts for public bathrooms might be rethinking the issue after he was ticketed for urinating in the street. Jackie Burns, the deputy leader of South Lancashire Council in Scotland, was fined 40 pounds, about 60 bucks, for the embarrassing lack of judgment after police spotted him in public marking his territory on Saturday. Burns said he was at a taxi stand in the town of Hamilton when nature called. I went down a lane to relieve myself and was approached by police, who gave me a 40-pound fine, which I have duly paid said Burns. I am embarrassed by the incident and have apologized. An email to Burns from the HuffPo was not immediately answered. Earlier this year, Burns announced the need to close public toilets throughout the area, a move many residents vehemently opposed. He blamed the closures on Scottish spending cuts, noting the Lanarkshire Council had to cut 22 million pounds, roughly 33.5 million dollars from its budget. Community council-led petition to keep the public bathrooms around the town open drew more than 3,000 signatures, with more than 70 businesses in favor of keeping them open. Officials put the decision off for three months to allow a community group to take over facility maintenance, but the bathrooms eventually closed on June 30th. 
The irony of the public official's decision to cut funding, paired with his recent conduct, is not lost on those who rallied to keep the bathrooms open. I'm sure the community council will have a lot to say on the irony of this, as Jackie has been fighting with them over the toilets, as he says we don't need them, said Peter Craig, a Scottish National Party councillor for Lockhill Ward. <laughs> well, just a simple difference of opinion, no need to get pissy about it. <laughs> China, unable to recruit hackers fast enough to keep up with vulnerabilities in U.S. security systems. Despite devoting countless resources toward rectifying the issue, Chinese government officials announced Monday that the country has struggled to recruit hackers fast enough to keep pace with vulnerabilities in U.S. security systems. Oh, with new weaknesses in U.S. networks popping up every day, we simply don't have the manpower to effectively exploit every single loophole in their security protocols said Security Minister Lu Xiang, who confirmed that the thousands of Chinese computer exports employed to expose flaws in American data systems are just no match for the United States' increasingly ineffective digital safeguards. We keep track of all the glaring deficiencies in their firewall predictions, let alone hire and train enough hackers to attack each one, and now they're failing to address them at a rate that shows no sign of slowing down any sign too. The gaps in the State Department security systems alone take up almost half of my workforce. At press time, Liu confirmed that an inadequate labor pool had forced China to outsource some of its hacker work to Russia. Hey, maybe Snowden's got a job. Fashion bloggers, bizarre beauty secret, sperm facials. It lays my skin nice and soft. A skincare treatment being promoted by a British model-turned-fashion blogger is rubbing some experts the wrong way. Her secret? A daily dose of semen smeared on her face. Tracy Kiss. <laughs> Tracy Kiss, a former glamour model with two kids, was looking for ways to ease her rosacea, a condition that causes the face to redden, often producing pus-filled bumps. Kiss may love sperm facials, but dermatologists are strongly against her bodily fluid beauty regimen. Well, they should mind their own goddamn business. Uh, <clears throat> Kiss came about the method after a beautician suggested an acid facial for her rosacea. The 28-year-old decided to try more natural skincare methods instead. Semen builds babies. They come out very soft and have beautiful skin. And it leaves my skin nice and soft. So I'm very happy to use this as a facial, said Kiss. It feels like a face pack that pulls the skin inwards. It feels so glossy to wipe off. It's like having a kind of oil on the face or a wax where it just glides beautifully against the water. It's so cooling and soothing. Yes, yes. Kiss isn't the first person to sing the praises of sperm facials. In 2013, when TMZ asked actress Heather Locklear for anti-aging secrets, she replied, You just put semen on your face. Wow. Former Cosmopolitan magazine editor Helen Gurley Brown also swore by the semen facial in her memoir, I'm Wild Again. Spread semen over your face, she advised. It's probably full of protein, as sperm can eventually become babies. Oh. I don't know if it worked out for her, though. Anyway, Dr. Lynn Haven, a dermatologist in Greenwich, Connecticut, hopes the semen facial doesn't catch on with others. 
<laughs> so I guess Dr. Lin plays with the other team, huh? <laughs> I've never seen any evidence of benefits, and there are several cases of concern, she told the Huffington Post. Sexually transmitted diseases like herpes, HIV, and others can be transmitted, and there are many other better treatments for rosacea. San Diego-based dermatologist Dr. Fred Shahan is also dubious of sperm facials. Salmon doesn't have protein. The rosacea is related to hair follicles, he told HuffPost. I don't see any basis for this working. <laughs> Gay. So that's the news. Or was it? Now, stay tuned for another exciting chapter of Night Night, right after these messages. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. Well, why not watch old crappy movies with me, Mr. Nilsson? Yes, you can watch old forgotten theater trash polished up by my brilliant commentary and sound effects. Films and movie serials like The Green Hornet, which concerns the adventures of a young newspaper publisher and his life partner. Yes, in their free time, they play dress-up, they wear masks, and ride around in a souped-up old jalopy while fighting crime. And it's only 90 cents! So head over to my video store at selfie.com slash nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Selfie.com slash Nelson. Get it? Once there, you can order some Nelson celluloid goodies today. Warning. Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. Who the fuck are you? Well, I'm Mr. Gecko from Geico Insurance. And I'm here to tell you that our premium prices are second to none in cost friendliness. Uh, hang on a minute. Uh, I want you to tell this to my cat. Uh, cat? Holy shit. That cat popped that limey lizard's head off like he was from ISIS. It's unbelievable. Geico. Hey, I just came into my shake. How about yours? I did too. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> So, how do you, Sonic? Previously on Night Night, damn it, Bubo, you could learn a thing or two about teamwork from Flying Pig and Maiden Mud. Why, our team should be more like theirs. Are you all right? Did he hurt you? No, I'm fine. Thanks to you. Suddenly, the flying pig and maiden mud embrace and kiss each other passionately on the lips while a shocked night night and Bubo look on. Uh, I don't think we should be their kind of team, night night. Shut up, Bubo! <laughs> it's the skin you got against night night. I, I don't think I can do it. We know what he done for me. 
He dropped my ass in some scalding chemical shit that melted this fucking elephant mask to my face. Well, yeah, but that's like all in the past. You know what else is in the past? You and me making the beast with two back. See? Got the event captured on glorious glossy air You bastard! Let's just avoid all that nastiness and you help me unmask night night, huh? Come on, girl. All right, all right, God damn it! Aha. Tagged your sweet, sweet ass with my night tracer. Hmm. How fitting that those glorious glutes, long the objects of my deepest desires, should land her into my clutches. About damn time. I almost started to start without you. But you know, I'm still sorry for my little rumble and oh, I just ache all over. So what do you say, Nighty Night? Why don't you come over here and give this sore body a good rub down? Hmm? <laughs> and now, chapter two of our Night Night versus the Flying Pig love affair. Pig in a wet blanket, part one. In the bedroom of billionaire Playboy subscriber Lyle Richmond, we find our spandex-clad hero, Night-Night, in bed with his spandex-clad adversary, the Flying Pig. Never, in all my dreams of the most damp degree, did I ever truly picture a moment as arousing as this. Whoa, 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 slow down, horndog, and keep your jockstrap on. I never let a masked man park his business in my garage. Holy horny hosiery! It seems our spandex-clad Avenger believes himself to be on the verge of the long-obsessed conquest of the sexy sal of sinful sojourns. But, Night-Night fan, is it not true that it just might be the Night-Night who is the conquered? Stay tuned, if you dare. secret identity, but the loss of my night belt will expose the enormity of my girth. I... I've been alone for so long. Have I lost the ability to trust a woman again with the deep, dark secrets of my soul? Hey, pal, are we making bacon or not? And so Night-Night gives in to his lust for the flying pig and removes his mask. The sight of his true face produces a tingling sensation in the heart of our ham-inspired harlot. A sensation of pure greed. Holy kachin! He's really billionaire Playboy subscriber Lyle Richmond. Wow! A goddamn billionaire! Well, <laughs> fair is fair, so I guess it's my turn, nighty-night. My real name is Suey Jones, but you probably knew that from reading my rap sheet. Anyway, after our little tussle today, I bet we got all sweaty and nasty. So we need to take a bubble bath. So come on, big boy. Get out of those tights and get into the side so you can rub it up dump my booty. <laughs> oh, you won't go. Oh, jeez. Wow. Damn, these tights are tight. Come on, get off. And is it working? Holy caboose, it sure seems to be, for in the bathroom, Lyle Richmond, who is in reality Night-Night, 
we find the flying pig, bare-ass nakedly nude, and about to slip into a jacuzzi tub full of sudsy bubbly. Hurry up, Night-Night. Last one is a spank monkey's uncle. <laughs> and so, just like about any man except the gay ones, our hero throws caution to the four winds and dives headlong into the flying pig's indecent invitation. His mind now knows nothing than the fulfillment of many a one-handed treated lonely fantasies. Never, in all my lustful longings, whether by cable, DVD, or internet, have I encountered a more angelic ass. God! He's even more full of crap than he is full of fat! Well, time to end this farce. Suddenly, the flying pig produces a can of knockout gas, spraying it into the shocked face of Night Night. Night Night will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Say, gang, where can you find the Bob Levy Show? It's in my ass! It's in my ass! <laughs> no, come on now, Bob. You can find the Bob Levy Show on iTunes or Stitcher.com. Or in my asshole. <laughs> Bob, stop. No, you can also find it at Podomatic.com. Or you can simply go to the RevBobLevy.com where you can find all things Bob Levy, including the Bob Levy Show. So what are you waiting for? My asshole. <laughs> well, that too. Come on, everybody. Tune in. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. Well, why not watch old crappy movies with me, Mr. Nelson? Yes, you can watch old forgotten theater trash polished up by my brilliant commentary and sound effects. Films and movie serials like The Green Hornet, which concerns the adventures of a young newspaper publisher and his life partner. Yes, in their free time, they play dress-up. They wear masks and ride around in a souped-up old jalopy while fighting crime. And it's only 90 cents. So head over to my video store at selfy.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Selfy.com slash Nelson. Get it? Once there, you can order some Nelson celluloid goodies today. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. And now, back to Night Night, where we find our hero. Unconscious in bed with a sinister-looking flying pig hovering over him, snapping photos of his unmasked face with her camera phone. Well, that was predictable. Hmm. He's kind of cute when he's sleeping. Cute in a gorilla sort of way. There. Got the shot. Now to call up the pink elephant and reveal to Night Night's greatest enemy his secret identity. Come on, pink dammit. You blackmail me into whoring myself to get bare-ass naked with this lard-ass, and now you won't answer your phone? Uh, pig? Damn, girl. It's three fucking o'clock in the a.m. Listen, asshole. Do you want to know Night-Night's secret identity or not? Holy shit. 
I knew you wouldn't let me down, girl. Hot damn. Daddy's going to have to take his little piggy to market and buy her some serious bling bling. Damn it, Pink. Come back to bed. You want me to ship safe into Holly Berry or Beyonce? Uh, 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 hush up, Mud. Uh, I'm on the motherfucking phone. What the hell? You and and Maiden Mud and and Beyonce? You, You backstabbing bastards! You can both go to hell! At this, Flying Pig sinks into confusion and despair. How could they do this to me? I mean, sure, they're all evil supervillains, but uh, I thought we were friends. I, I thought Maiden Mud loved me, but she never shapeshifted into Beyonce for me. My whole life is a lie. What do I do now? Where do I go? What is there for me in this crazy screwed up world? <sighs> and with that, The flying pig knows she has her answer. Later, across town in an old abandoned warehouse where people of ill repute scheme in a manner most sinister for our heroes. Damn that bitch! She's not to blame. We are. I I never meant for her to find out about us. Ironic, isn't it? That only now that she's gone do I know that she's my one true love. Yeah, well, cry me a muddy river, as is as, with or without a curly tail. You'll get over it, but the pink elephant never forgets. She done screwed me over, but good. Well, you got that right. For you and me both, I suspect. And with that, a new evil player enters our saga. She walks in from out of the shadows, garbed in form-fitting dark purple vinyl tights. Red hair draped over her shoulders, ice-cold blue eyes piercing through a black eye mask. She is none other than the Iron Maiden of Mischief, the Meeks. Our arrangement, Mr. Elephant, was for you to give me Night-Night's true identity in exchange for the mayor's itinerary. I've never been in the habit of rewarding incompetence, and I'm not about to start now. Clearly, you can't live up to your side of the bargain, so the deal's off. Now come on, Mix, baby. Don't be all like that. This ain't over till the fat bitch sees. We know the flat big knows the secret, so all we's got to do is pick her up and make her squeal. Then we is back in business. Hmm, very well, Pink Elephant. You have until the end of the week. Oh, and do try to keep your pants on. I don't need your personal soap operas raining on my parade. Great mighty conspiracies. Even as the flying pig is developing second thoughts, Our hero's enemies continue to conspire against him. Is there any hope for Night-Night? Find out in the next episode as we enter in part two of chapter two, Pig in a Wet Blanket. been a Nail Sin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? Well, when I was putting this show together, the uh, horrific terrorist attacks broke out in uh, Paris, France. A lot of people were killed. It's all pretty rotten. And then I uh, looked at the old Twitter. <laughs> Everybody's piling on with their theories and whatnot. Uh, 
of course, being a nasty right-winger like me, you know where I'm going to fall. Yes. Because apparently, uh, Salon.com and the like, uh, are more worried about, oh, what's going to happen to Muslims? They keep worrying about this, these phantom uh, white supremacist uh, Christian crusaders, I guess, or something like that, are just any minute now are just going to start slaughtering reams and reams of, uh, of poor innocent Muslim people. What are they waiting for? <laughs> Where are they? Are they camping out with Bigfoot? <laughs> um, what innocent Muslims have to fear are other Muslims. There's a problem going on in the world of Islam, okay? There just is. I'm sorry. It's time to clean house, you know? But I guess you're not going to do it. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, what the hell are we doing? You know, us infidels. Uh, they're not just going to go away, you know? And there's all kinds of arguments can be play here. I mean, you know, how did they get those guns in that gun-free zone and so on and so forth? But anyway, this just goes to show that uh, when it comes to the leftist political thought, um, they're always going to give a pass to uh, Islam because they see it as the faith of the third world. The third world is perpetually the underdog because of colonialism and what have you. And uh, plus, uh, the left and the uh, world of Islam, uh, they, they share a deep, passionate hatred for uh, uh, the Western civilization and Christianity, you know? Oh, they got that going for them. But I'm afraid, uh, say they, should the uh, jihad movement win, <laughs> they'll have no room in their world or their caliphate for the left. Anyway, um, thoughts and prayers out to Paris, France. Uh, it's a terrible thing that happened. Uh, their president sounds pretty spitting mad, and let's hope he stays that way for a good while, because it's going to take a while to exact justice on this crap. Because uh, the problem of all these migrants running in with ISIS people and, and uh, other jihadis uh, infiltrating all that group, you need to correct the problem at the source. There's a reason why, why there's so many refugees. You know? They're running away from that shit. But then uh, a lot of those little jihad Nazis are running in with them. So why don't we just destroy ISIS completely and utterly? flatten it and then we can get back to the business of real life you know because uh, these police actions that's not working that's just dragging it on and on and on and as it drags on over time you're killing more people weakness begets aggression all right uh see you next week good night everybody The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. The odds have it.